G'day everyone, it's Millie here from the Livestock Collective, back with another Young Gun Livestock Leader. If you enjoy hearing real and transparent stories from the livestock industry, make sure you go back and listen to our previous episode, subscribe and leave a review, and of course, join our community on social media. I'm in Alice Springs with none other than Hugh Dawson, head stockman at Beedaloo Station. If you follow us or keep an eye on agricultural media, you've probably heard of Hugh. He's an active advocate and livestock leader and a very valued member of our community. So how are you today, Hugh? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you, Millie. It's uh, great to be here. Oh, well, thank you, Hugh. It's great to have you on here. So Hugh, we start each episode with the same question, and that is, what are three words or short phrases that you would use to describe yourself with? Oh, I think, uh, I think Millie, I would say... I'm sure you'd probably agree I'm a fairly passionate person. Um, you know, certainly when it comes to advocating for our industry, it's, it's something I take great pride in doing. So yeah, I think definitely passionate would be, would be one word I'd choose. Um, I'd say I'm fairly outgoing. Uh, and maybe the third word I've got would uh, you know, be resilient, which I think probably, you know, it's similar to outgoing, but uh, I think there are three, three phrases there or words that would summarise my personality quite well, Millie. Yeah, and I think passion certainly comes across in the way that you advocate for an industry that you love. So you, you went up to Northern Territory for a gap year and you're still there. If my maths is right, it's a little bit more than a gap year now. Yeah, you're right, Millie. It's, uh, it's going on six years now. So I came up in 2016 um, after I finished school and uh, yeah, with the intention to, to just do one year. Uh, on a cattle station and uh, and I was accepted into electrical engineering so the plan was to to go back to that the following year um, obviously it's uh, taken a <laughs> taken a little detour from there but uh, no it's been a, a fantastic experience you love it absolutely yeah I think it's uh it's been easily the best thing I've done in in my life um, you know I'm fortunate that you know I'm not only still young so uh, but yeah definitely agriculture I think is is a, is the future uh, for me so you're you're from close to Adelaide, um, but you still you still had cattle growing up, or? Yeah, so I was. Uh, we're about now south of Adelaide, Millie. We were um, near McLaren Vale, Meadows, Wollonga. So it's sort of traditionally wine country. Um, we had about oh, two hundred and forty acres there, and ran uh, ran some Angus cattle. So um, I did have a I did have a, an early connection to agriculture, I suppose, but it was never something I saw myself uh, going further into. Um, and certainly not an area I, I really believe that, you know, you could develop a career uh, and be successful in that space. Um, so it's, it's interesting that through my own experience and I suppose living and breathing it, um, that's, that's changed my, uh, my viewpoint there, 180 degrees. Yeah, absolutely. So 240 acres, what's Beedaloo? <laughs> what are you on now? Yeah, so we uh, we operate over about two point six million acres, <laughs> Millie. So a little, bit different. a little a little bit of a jump there, and we uh, we're running about uh, eighty thousand head of cattle as opposed to I think we had eighty at home. So um, yeah, massive massive jump there, and uh, really interesting just to to see the the scale of the operations up here. Um, but for me, what was really appealing is seeing the potential, um, I suppose, for development especially in the north, um, you know, we've got these incredible uh, operations in, in southern parts of Australia on the eastern states, um, you know, where the efficiencies in, in breeding and, and uh, you know, the way we look at nutrition is so different. Um, to me, northern Australia is just waiting. It's waiting for um, people to come in and, and share that vision, I suppose, and 
uh, I think you know there's a, a real opportunity for for young people coming into into the northern ag industry. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your progression. You obviously didn't jump in as head stockman straight away. Like what what has that looked like to get there? Yeah. So and I think I'm glad you asked me because it is a uh, I think I think it's an interesting story, especially you know not really knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, I was I was just any other person. There was nothing nothing special about me. I just uh, I suppose what I did bring was was an open mind and a willingness to learn. For me, I I quickly uh, you know saw the value we put on animal welfare and and looking after livestock and uh, and I think you know that's not something we've probably portrayed well as an industry. The the first time I really heard about live export was uh, in 2011 when we saw yeah, the, the, yeah. the horrific Four Corners mm. uh, report and obviously uh, the incidental shutdown of, of that trade. So you, what was your take? Like what, what was your thoughts back then in 2011 when you saw that footage? I think I was probably, you know, again, I was lucky merely that, uh, that I did have an open mind and it didn't really make sense to me. Um, you know, even just having a, a small involvement with, with cattle at home, you know, it's I knew that that's not the way we treat cattle at home and it just didn't really make sense to me that there would be people that would uh, deliberately put animals in harm's way. So I suppose to, to get back to that progression, um, you know, that inspired me to, to probably learn more um, and again, have, having seen the, the potential there for and opportunities for young people, um, I thought that, you know, deferring university for for one more year <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't sort of hurt and it just give me a good opportunity to yeah really immerse myself in that industry and learn more about it so uh i did i i i uh i stayed on for 2017 i actually did have a little hiatus from from northern ag i stayed in the hunter valley for for a few months and worked at a winery there um and then yeah came back up and yeah i uh at the end of 2017 was asked if I'd like to have a go at running our camp. Um, and I thought, wow, as a 20-year-old, you know, what sort of an opportunity is that to, to be leading a team of sort of yeah, seven, um, seven other people uh, and, you know, working with 80,000 head of cattle on 2.6 million acres, the numbers were just, to, to me, just so so attractive. So I thought, uh, yeah, that'll be a, a good challenge there and uh, jumped at it. And, uh, and it was really interesting. I think that first year was, uh, was such a, a steep learning. I'm going to call it a learning spike. It wasn't even a curve. It was, uh, you know, sink or swim. And I think I made uh, so many mistakes in that first year. That, so that was 2018. Um, you know, upset a lot of people probably. Uh, as a leader, I don't think I was, I was very effective at all. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, I could do this. I could do this a lot better. And um, I... <laughs> Extended the gap here another year <laughs> into 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> into 2019, and uh, you know, I think from there that was probably where I've just you know been able to really develop those uh, those leadership skills. And I think uh, the the thing I've been able to find is it's not necessarily how to be a better leader; it's just how to be a better person. Um, and I think you know, fast track to where I'm now and, and my involvement with the, the livestock collective. I think this livestock leaders workshop is fantastic in that. We're looking at how to be better people, um, you know, be it a better head stockman or uh, leading hand, a better partner um, and a better person for community engagement. How can we just, you know, walk around and catch someone in the supermarket and be able to have a conversation with them? Um, so, yeah, I've been, been really lucky to have made the, I think, you know, the most out of so many of these great opportunities that are, are available to us. Um, 
and I'm really excited to sort of see where that's going to take me going forward from here. Yeah, yeah, of course, Hugh. And so you're you're a livestock leader, and it's fantastic to have you part of our program. But tell me about other associations like Wylan, all of them. Like, what do they mean to you as someone who's so isolated, like having access to that network? Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, and I suppose with Wylan, so Wylan's the uh, the Young Livestock Exporters Network. Um, you know, for me, not being, uh, I suppose, directly uh, involved with live export, uh, you know, on the, on the production side of it, uh, Wylan gives young people the opportunity to, I suppose, look at um, the northern ag sector more broadly. You know, it, it opens up a lot of doors in that uh, you get contact in that live export space, um, you know, whether it be for uh, employment opportunities or just to be able to learn more um, or, you know, I've been asked a question that I don't really know about because it's something to do with the, the, how, how we maintain animal welfare on a vessel. Uh, through Wyland and through, I think, the Livestock Collective and the Livestock Leaders Workshop, you know, I can go and call Holly Luderman and, and ask her, you know, as, a, as an Australian veterinarian, what are you guys doing on the vessel um, to maintain animal welfare? And, and then I've got that that I can link back to, you know, a, a concerned member of the, uh, the Australian public. So... I think uh, that's where these networking opportunities are just so vital uh, to the progression of, of agriculture. You know, speaking broadly in Australia, I think if we can continue to network and, you know, have an understanding and a contact in a different area uh, than where we are, it's just we're going to go on leaps and bounds. So, yeah, really, really important that they exist and it's, it's great to see uh, how they're progressing and the, uh, I suppose, the, the calibre of the, uh, the, the participants in those workshops and, uh, and that are involved with um, organisations like the Young Livestock Exporters Network and, uh, and the Future NTCA, Northern Territory Cattlemen's Association. It's, uh, it's really great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think is that uniting the supply chain is so important to have a, like, a really collaborative approach to, to what we do and understand that we have connections all along the supply chain. And I think the last couple of days, I'll tell our audience that we've had a Livestock Leaders Workshop here in Alice Springs and we have had people from Future NTCA. Um, we had a networking dinner with Wyland last night and just seeing the progression in our participants from the very start and Hugh as an alumni coming back in. Do you agree that they have these tools now and newfound confidence to not only advocate for their industry, but just be a leader in themselves. Yeah, absolutely, Millie. I think, uh, you know, we've been really lucky to um, have uh, Deanna back on board and talk about shared values. Um, and I think it's such an incredible uh, tool and a resource that we can take away and, and apply to, you know, not only advocating for our industry, but just uh, yeah, like you said, being a better leader, and I'll go back to what I was saying before about being a better person. Um, you know, having these soft skills is something I think we take for granted. Uh, and I think historically, you look at a farmer, and there's this model that they're they're hard and they're reclusive, and and uh, and maybe that's why traditional in the past agriculture hasn't been perceived maybe as well as what it could have been. Uh, and I think now to see you know people who are passionate about the development of agriculture in Australia getting these soft skills uh, to be able to walk away and talk to, like I was saying before, you know, anyone running to someone in the supermarket and have a conversation uh, that might improve that consumer's um, perception of, of, of the wider agricultural community, I think is so important. And, and again, uh, is maybe something that to this point we haven't uh, fully appreciated the benefits of. Yeah. 
you, I'm going to swing back around to your career progression because I'm pretty sure that you're a chopper pilot. Yeah, that's right, Millie. So I uh, finished up my license in 2019. Um, but I think it's it's pretty cool to think that we're, you know, in Northern Australia using hel- helicopters uh, to, to move cattle. It's yeah, uh, it's incredible. And um, yeah, look, I was just, again, one of the many opportunities that are available to, uh, to young people in our industry or to anyone, you know, in, uh, in our industry that wants to to develop new skills and uh, and a diversity in skills, I think you know it's not it doesn't have to be agricultural specific. Um, so that's something that's yeah been been pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I know that when I I was driving through the Barclay oh, a bit over a year now, a year ago now and like beautiful and all I was thinking on these beautiful natural plains was should it be great to be up in a helicopter and actually actually view from from the top. You do that all the time. How does it feel? Like, do you love it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Millie. It is. Uh, it's it's a bit of one of those pinch yourself moments. Uh, sometimes where you are just so lucky to, I suppose, have this amazing country, and uh, yeah, it's a it's pretty nice to be able to appreciate it from uh, <laughs> from above. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, what was it like getting your license? Uh, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty intensive. So I did it um, quite condensed. Uh, I had to go down to the Sunshine Coast and uh, it's probably the first time I've been back in a classroom for three or four years. <laughs> so that was, uh, you know, I had to pull on, uh, pull on a few different chords I probably hadn't used in my brain for a while. Uh, and then, yeah, got, got back up to work and, uh, and got into the practical side of it, which was, uh, yeah, really, really good fun. Yeah. Hugh, we've all made mistakes in in the industry and they can very quickly become serious but do you have like a real big stuff up that you did like maybe perhaps back in the day perhaps in your first year that you can look back on now and laugh yeah Amelia I think uh to 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 nail it back to one um would be probably a bit of a stretch I think I've made that many I can't really keep track of (laughs) but uh no look we were talking earlier about about mistakes and and I think it's uh it's really important that we challenge how we perceive mistakes. Um, you know, I look at a mistake that uh, that I've made, and and I think it's it's an opportunity there that you sort of learn from that, and you can sort of you can you can get down and despondent about it, or you go, well, shit, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I know now not to do that. Um, but uh, I think yeah, it is important that we uh, we look at how we can. Um, yeah, learn from that experience. Now we can and and make that a really positive experience. But uh, yeah, like going back to your question, I think to 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 come back to one mistake <laughs> might be a bit much. Bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch, but uh, definitely a, a vital uh, vital role in in that learning, that learning experience. experience. Yeah, that progression. I want to keep on this on this topic here, as you are have been a livestock leader for twelve months. What does leadership mean for you as a headstockman? Yeah, so I think. Leadership um, for me, Millie, is uh, is very much about you know being a better person. I think to come, to go back to your mistakes, that's probably uh, that was probably the most significant mistake. If I'm honest, was uh, that first year you know trying to lead a team of people, um, I wasn't doing it in a way uh, where I could be a good person. Um, you know, I took a hardline approach, probably on the, the the lead by example, and I was just trying to do everything to to prove that I could do it. I wasn't empowering those around me. Um, and like I said, I'm I'm glad that you know I'm able to appreciate that now because it means I can walk away and 
you know, really value um, that teaching process. And I've found that, you know, by sharing my, uh, I suppose, the skills that I've learned, um, that's, that's only helped me to develop those skills, but to, to see teams of people around, um, around me and with me move forward together, uh, I think that's where, you know, as leaders, we should really look at where we can be better people, um, not just in that role, but in our day-to-day lives. I think is something that's uh, yeah really important, and you know we've seen the benefits from doing that. So, so why why do you advocate for what you do? That's a really good question, Millie. Um, so I think I'll I'll go back to you know that first uh, that first time I saw the, the the Four Corners report and the shutdown of live export, uh, and then fast track to probably oh three years ago, and having that understanding that you know what how how we'd been perceived in the media in the past was not reflecting um didn't didn't reflect what we actually do i suppose didn't re- reflect the uh, the reality of, of our industry and, and our work and it was a bit like well you know if i'm not going to share it who is uh, and if it's not going to happen now when's it going to happen is it going to happen yeah. um you know again i'm a very passionate person i love my job the thought of not being able to do that job tomorrow because it's been taken away uh, because we've not been active in promoting ourselves and our industry, uh, that was something that I think, you know, hit me really hard and I went, well, shit, you know, I am passionate about this. What am I doing and what can I do? I'm going to steal a quote from, uh, I think, John Cunnington and Holly Ludeman have both used it. But, uh, you know, it's that if you ever think you're too small to be effective, uh, you've never been in bed with a mosquito. It's, it's such a simple <laughs> yeah, phrase, but, so uh, you know, we've all got a voice and I think the, the Livestock Leaders Workshop is, uh, is fantastic in empowering uh, our future leaders to, to be confident to, to use that voice to, you know, really promote our industry and hopefully see that we're able to, to continue to operate, um, you know, for forever. Yeah, and I think feedback from our, this workshop that we've just done in Alice Springs is they've, a lot of them have said to me that like, I didn't realise that I had a story, a story to share and an audience who actually wanted to hear that as well and just sharing that, yeah, there's an audience that want to hear it. I think previous livestock leaders and yourself very much included in that evidence that, yeah, like if we share our story, like things progress and we're moving forward. So absolutely, Um how does advocacy look for you? How do you advocate for the industry that you are so very passionate about? <laughs> yeah, so I suppose advocacy for me, um, it could be anything as simple as just having that conversation um, and being able to have a constructive conversation. Um, you know, I was, I, was in, uh, I was in a roadhouse the other day and I started talking to a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> pre-livestock <laughs> leaders workshop, I either wouldn't, I would have actively chosen to not have a conversation because they were a vegetarian uh, or I would have just, you know, said something to the effect of, oh, that's silly, like, why do you do that? Um, through the Livestock Leaders yeah, Workshop, I was... Post-workshop, Yeah, <laughs> post-workshop, <laughs> I was able to really identify uh, those shared values, which just came back to, you know, concern for the environment and animal welfare. And I was able to say, well, look, you know, as a producer, I'm really concerned about the environment because I know if we're not looking after it, again, we're not going to be able to do our job tomorrow. Uh, and as, I suppose, a human being, I'm a compassionate person in nature, I love looking after animals. I love animals. They're, 
I'd happily spend, you know, most of my life with cows <laughs> rather than humans. <laughs> I don't know about the strain. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I think how cool is that that I've been able to have a, a conversation with someone that was maybe, well, sorry, actively against ad- ad- agriculture, uh, and change their perception of, of what we are and uh, sorry, who we are and what we do, uh, so that you know now they have a positive view on agriculture. I think that's absolutely incredible and. All it is, is having a conversation. It's using that voice. So that, that I think, is advocacy uh, in itself. And then, obviously, you know, I think if we continue to learn how to use tools like social media, and they are tools, uh, they're resources that we can start trying to really penetrate into these metropolitan areas and into that 65% of people that, you know, really want to learn more about agriculture but just have no connection to it. So whether that be in Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. You know, how can we use those resources um, to 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 share our story? Uh, and I think it is such a such a really interesting story. You know, for for everyone in that agricultural sector. Yeah, yeah, and it really is. And social media, like I say, it's such a powerful tool. But I just want to tap into that. It is. It's a massive tool, but it also opens the door for people to be really nasty at times. And I just want to ask you: Have you experienced online bullying? I've I've probably been uh, quite lucky, Millie, and I think you know I, I'd say I am a resilient person, so I haven't really taken you know a lot to heart. There's definitely been a few times on Twitter where there's been uh, negative feedback, um, and someone's just come out and they're out to get you, and they just want to cut you down um it is out there and unfortunately you know there is a minority that that is always going to be out to get agriculture um and they do get nasty but i think it's important that we understand that they are a minority um you know it's not it's not 80 percent of the the populations out to to condemn agriculture and out to to you know see us fail Hugh, my next question was going to be to give people, like our audience, some advice on dealing with online bullying, but I, I think you just covered it in saying that it is a minority of the population that um, disagree in how we operate and we have that massive chunk, that 65% that want to hear what we have to say and share our story with, which is, what wow, what an opportunity. is It's incredible. So in your storytelling on social media, how do you create your content? Yeah, so I suppose on, on social media, and I'm lucky because I do get a, a pretty good good vantage point, um, it's just sharing, you know, photos, videos. It doesn't have to be necessarily edited. Uh, it can just be, yeah, raw footage and, and the, the feedback I've got from that sort of more organic um, content is that people are just interested in what you're doing and, and that people have never seen it before. You know, I've had direct messages come back and say, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you guys do that. And I think for me, it just highlights the importance of what we're doing uh, and the significance that, that sharing that content can have. And uh, you know, you even showed me just before we started this podcast, like people messaging you and asking questions like, how great, like, yeah. do, do you love it? Yeah, I, and I think that, that for me, you know, is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, I received a message the other day and it was, you know, someone reaching out and saying, thank you for sharing this without you sharing oh, this and wow. profiles like yours, you know, yeah. I never would have, learned about the northern beef industry or 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 the northern agricultural sector and you know i i go back six years and put myself in that person's shoes because there wasn't that there i i had no idea about northern australia so uh that that makes it all worthwhile and you know sort of gives you goosebumps a little bit to think that that is just how much of an effect we're having 
uh, and you know that we are attracting people that wouldn't otherwise um, maybe have been interested in agriculture uh, and definitely not uh, not get involved with agriculture. So they're the people that are now, you know, wanting to learn more and, and are hopefully going to go and get uh, get involved and and get into ag, which I think is yeah, it's so so incredible. Yeah, and, and for someone like yourself, um, like just straight in the deep end gap year. And you obviously love it so much that that gap year <laughs> never ended. And yet, what an opportunity to share that story alone with hundreds of people, thousands of people. Yeah. Like, we reach thousands of people on social media. Yeah. Like, your account alone would. That's, yeah. And I think that's the, you know, that's where maybe we under underutilize and, and don't really realize, you know, how, you know, there's that, there's that, you know, the mosquito in a, in a bed again or yeah. in the swag. Um, you know, we can have such a, an incredible reach. Um, through that social media, you know, like you said, all of a sudden you've got a you're talking to an audience of thousands of people, and all you're doing is just <laughs> sharing photos of your job. I yeah, think it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, we definitely uh, maybe that's a space we we take for granted just how um you know impressive our our line of work is in in ag. How great! So that's obviously a massive opportunity we have to connect with that population, but. What are the biggest challenges in your eyes for the livestock industry as a whole? Well, I think, uh, I think some of the biggest challenges, Millie, maybe uh, at the moment are within our own industry. Maybe it's trying to, to change that stigma that these, especially for young people, um, personal and pre- professional development is something that's probably not seen to be cool, <laughs> I think, yeah. in the past. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's really important that we, uh, and I think we're, we're actively doing it, is changing that, that ideology um, and then hopefully, you know, we will start seeing, you know, really good people stay in agriculture and, uh, and, and continue to develop our industry as a whole. 20 year old, like in charge of all this land and all these people, like that's massive. Yeah. And I think it is. And I was lucky, uh, at Beedaloo, I've got amazing mentors in, in Jane and Scotty Armstrong, our um, managers. So they, they were very helpful, uh, in that space. And I know there are a lot of other managers that, you know, are really great in sharing their own personal experience and knowledge. Um, but you're right. I think in terms of having having workshops that are set up to develop the the leadership skills and uh, and those professional skills and soft skills um, for young leaders is maybe not something that's been there before. But I think it's great to see um, you know even the last few days the livestock leaders workshop in action again. How many how many livestock leaders workshops have there been now? been six. six yeah, yeah so, so there's just under 100 alumni which is so yeah, incredible in what are we just over 12 months mm. um so you know i think that's where we're you know we talk about challenges that's where we're looking to to you know mitigate that being a challenge where uh we're active in that space and i think it's really good to see you finally if you could get one key message out there for everyone to hear and really understand including animal activists including people in agriculture what would that key message be? That's a uh, that is a doozy of a question, Millie. It's uh, it's hard. One, I think one one message, one takeaway message is uh, when you've got so many. Um, I'd say for for people in our industry, I'd really uh, I'd look to to make the most of those opportunities to to develop your personal professional skills. It's not it's not about just making you a better leader in that agricultural space. You know, I'll go back to say being a better person. Um, we do have these resources available to us now and we're really lucky. So I definitely encourage people in ag to, you know, look to those opportunities um, and try and appreciate just how important they'll be in, in the, the progression in their 
um, in their own lives and in their careers. Um, and I think for, for people outside agriculture, you know, to try and get involved with it, I think, you know, the, this pandemic's been fantastic because it has shone a, a spotlight back on ag and, and, the, and the importance of us as an industry. Um, you know, next time you go and buy a steak, try and find out where it's from um, or, you know, buy Australian grown or whatever it may be. I think uh, the more you sort of jump into that rabbit hole as I did myself, you know, having not been involved, um, I've just opened up, a, I found a world of opportunity. I think that it's something that, uh, that agriculture does offer, but we maybe don't promote it as well as we could. So, um, yeah, that'd be two, two little things there I might, <laughs> I might leave two you with. Messages. No, but that, um, certainly the first one is all about investing in yourself and your own progression. And these are certainly transferable skills, as I think you have found in what you're telling me. Yeah, you, so you, you nailed it there, Millie. I think... Um, yeah, you are investing in yourself and it's something that, you know, even if you're not going to stay in ag your whole career, you can take them away and, and, and use them in any area. Um, you know, like I was saying before, being a better partner or sibling or whatever it may be, they're, they're transferable and they, uh, they're only, you're only going to be better for it, I think. So, yeah, I think that maybe that highlights the importance of saying yes and, uh, and, uh, and making yourself uncomfortable. I think, uh, in my own experience, that's um, that's been something that's been been really important in my progression, uh, and it's something I actively look to do now is to to make myself uncomfortable um, because that's where I've seen the the real benefits and that real growth. So maybe maybe that can be my takeaway: make yourself uncomfortable. Uh, Hugh, and I hope I've made you very comfortable today in recording <laughs> this podcast in saying that. So thank you so much for coming on board to the Livestock Leaders Podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Millie. It's been uh, been fantastic. Your advocacy and leadership is inspiring and we are so stoked to have you as part of our network. You're a really great contributor to our community. So thank you for just being a livestock leader as well. A big thank you to our audience for listening. Every fortnight we release a new episode with more leaders and champions throughout the livestock industry. So please subscribe or leave a review and join our community on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Livestock Leaders to hear more real and empowering stories. Oh,